My name is Sabrina. So my name is Sarah. Hi, my name is Alicia. My name is Trisha Hallam. Um, so I'm, I'm Calvin Chu. My name is Jonathan Liao. My name is Nisha. Hi, my name is Jessica. Hi, my name is Jeremy. Hi, my name is James. Um, well, my name is Christina Pappas. My name is Tanya Reza. I'm a Hey guys, I'm Albert Liao. Hi, my name is Oliver. Hi, my name is Lisa Ko. Hi, my name is Jennifer. My name is Stephanie. Hi, my name is Chris. My name is Julia. Hi, my name is Larissa. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. I'm Angela Gao, and this is Convos at the Counter. I'm a college student. I go to school. I participate in the community. I explore the city. When I go back to my apartment, there's usually a roommate there, and we unload our day's worth of adventures and stories at the kitchen counter. This was the birth of Combos at the Counter. For the past nine weeks, we've been hearing stories of many different people, students and alumni. We've looked at topics such as Murphy's Law, Twins, Perfect Pitch, Education, and Phobias. This week, finals week, will be our 10th and final broadcast. Combos at the Counter, episode 10, Culture Shock. As a reminder, as always, Views and opinions expressed on the show do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information, visit our website at www.kuci.org. And thank you for always listening. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer Ock. Um, I am, well, I recently graduated, um, technically two quarters early, but I am part of the 2013 class. Um, I uh, graduated with an English major. Uh huh. And um, <laughs> uh, I guess, oh, recently I've had a sriracha, you know, that hot sauce craze. So I put it on everything. Like what? Like what? Uh, okay, I put it in my ramen, I put it in my pizza, sometimes my pasta. Don't be freaked out. Uh, That's <laughs> normal. Okay, my morning <laughs> eggs, stuff like that. But once in a while, I try to actually put it on like sweet things to uh-huh. like counterbalance that whole like too sweetness, like a brownie oh. or something. Yeah, but don't be freaked out. That's all I'm saying. And for our listeners to kind of get a picture, what is your ethnicity? I am Korean, but I guess the formal title would be Korean American. So, so what does that mean? Um, that means um, by ethnicity, I am of Korean blood, but I was born on U.S. soil. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you you grew up in the U.S. basically completely. Yes. Okay, um, but your parents were first-generation Koreans. Yes, um, my dad came here, I think he said, in like during the 1970s, um, which was a good time, you know, hippie time. <laughs> um, and my mom came here about the late 1980s. And my mom and my dad met when they were literally just, how do I say it? Like in the midst of their like blossoming youth. So, <laughs> but let's just say my dad was 10 years older than my mom. So they got married pretty quickly. I'm not going to say how soon, but pretty quickly, yeah. Tell me about your experiences going back to Korea. 
Um, well, I guess not back to Korea, but going to Korea. Okay. Uh, where should I start? Okay. <laughs> going back to Korea was enlightening, but also very scary. Um, I met a bunch of my family members, and let's just say on my dad's side, there's six brothers of his. So that's six uncles for me, and all of them have um, pretty big families. So that's what minimum like ten cousins, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it was a good thing and a bad thing because there was culture shock. Obviously, um, I didn't grow up in Korea because here I am in LA. Yeah, uh, land of what everything like Vietnamese, Chinese, the whole Caucasian. Spectrum, and then we have African Americans, and then the African spectrum, yeah. And Hispanic. Exactly, Hispanic. So it's like super diverse upbringing. Yeah, definitely. Um, doesn't mean like I didn't have my Korean friends. I did, yeah, but they weren't as Korean as the cousins I met. What do you mean as Korean as? Uh, let's just say that Koreans emphasize looks and um. Foremost, it's all about like presentation. So, down to the lip gloss, the type of foundation you're wearing, handbags, shoes. It's all brand name and very, um, <laughs> very appearance based. And if it's not, you know, like about presentation, then people will start saying things behind your back. And it's kind of, you know, a, all face about face. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so back to like being in Korea, like how did that like play out? Um, so one time when I met my cousins um, in Korea recently, uh, I had this one cousin who was uh, the same age as me. Um, but the thing was, after meeting her, like five minutes into our introduction, she directly tells me like oh why aren't you wearing any makeup today you know you're not even wearing any lip gloss um you look pretty bad and in my mind i was like um i know you're gonna believe this out but like you little piece of shit, you know <laughs> in my mind yeah and i was like okay you know that's all right that's korean culture you know um that's how they were raised and i understand it but at the same time i I was a little offended, um, you know, with my upbringing, American ideals, the whole like, you can go to Walmart in, you know, your shorts, but you know, they don't see anything. And at the same time, you can go to like the fancy shopping malls here and in your shorts and they still don't say anything, you know? Yeah, nobody even looks at you twice. That's exactly. like normal. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, but in Korea, even if you go to like supermarket, you know, they really want you to doll it up. You know, meaning like put on mascara, everything, um, because I know, yeah, <laughs> Joy's naughty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it seems like there's like this like pressure to, you know, conform, um, and I feel like maybe it's like underlying in their politics, the whole propaganda, the media, and um, it it's not my cousin's fault that she said that, but at the same time. I wish people were a little more open in Korea and they and they figured out that like we're not living in that whole, you know, that whole dynasty of like the girl must be pretty. Even the guys there, they all have to look good. But um, you know, it's it's 
it's hard to understand. And at the same time, it's um, it's something we do have to try to understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, how did people treat you when you were just walking around like strangers? How did they, you know, approach you or talk to you? Um, they kind of looked at me funny because um, when I went there, you know, I'm a tourist, so I don't really try to look my best. I just go in comfortable clothes, um, you know, just jeans, sneakers, whatnot, regular old T-shirt. But when they see me, they kind of look at me as kind of a student. Um, and when they see me as a student, they kind of almost like baby me, look down upon me. Um, I, they treat me kindly, but like there was this one time when I went into like a convenience store, and they told me, "Oh, like haksing, which means student. You know, here you go. Like, or like they told me like, oh, the totals like blah 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 haksing. And then you know, I'm like, oh, um, okay. But the thing was, I was. Of college age, I was 22 then, and I was a little bit confused, um, a little offended. But you know, they don't know my real age. You know, that's just how my presentation was uh, to them. Wait, so like, so students would look like this, this, what you look like? Why? Um, I guess I should be a little more clear. Students look very young, no makeup, because um, students in Korea. Are all about education, and first and foremost, it's studying, not about partying or whatever. I mean, um, just a side note: like education in Korea is very um, hardcore. You work, you know, I, I'm not too sure, but like probably like 9 a.m. to like late at night, 9 p.m. Right. Uh-huh. Like, um, I heard you go to school during the day, and then you go to cram school during the night. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they, my, I had someone told me that they recently made a law. Where your cram school can't go past midnight. Hallelujah, because I felt sorry for those kids, you know. <laughs> But that's ridiculous to think that, like, you know, an after-school, like, like extraneous, like, schooling goes beyond like midnight. What? Mm-hmm. That's so weird to me. Oh yeah. Anyways, sorry, culture <laughs> shock right there. <laughs> yeah, but just back to the whole like, a student should look very pure, almost like. Um, focusing on studying rather than, you know, doing appearances. The minute I I heard that once you reach, um, I believe it's like around 18, 19. Once you graduate from high school, mm-hmm. then you go to college. Then that's when you look very um, age appropriate, or everyone tries to look age appropriate. They pick out the handbags, they pick out the shoes, and every day they go to some some random cafe. It's all about looking nice, and mm. yeah. And this is um. In the big cities, um, you know, it's kind of weird because I did visit both rural, suburban, and very like urban areas. Mm-hmm. So um, when I went to Seoul, the capital, it's very um, all about that presentation fad. Mm-hmm. When you go to like my grandmother's hometown, it's very like a lot more low key. Mm-hmm. Um, there are like the ajumas, the old ladies, <laughs> who um, just go to the market and they're very like comfortable, almost like sweatpants kind of thing, and they don't seem to care as much as the older ladies in Seoul. So yeah. Um. So is it like a generational thing too, or? I believe so, but at the same time, um, my grandparents. Whenever they go to, you know, church, it's all about looking good. And not because it's church, but because they were raised to um, 
look good in front of others. Oh, like in a public space or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, but I think it's a lot more pervasive, a lot more serious now, especially with that whole recent like um, spike in like plastic surgery, you know, the whole, you know, photography is a lot more high quality. We see our flaws more, you know, mm. there's a lot, a lot of factors. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. You were just listening to Jennifer Ock talking about some cultural differences between the U.S. and South Korea. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. I'm Angela Gao, and this is Convos at the Counter Final Broadcast. This week we're exploring culture shock and things that happen when foreign cultures collide. Our next guest can offer you a pretty unique perspective on that. Here she is. Okay, hi. I'm Joy Shropshire. I am a second year English major. And a fun fact about me, um, don't laugh, but I have a large collection of pictures on my phone of fat animals that I just see (laughs) because I think they're really cute and I want to go back and look at them. So, yes, I enjoy fat animals. (laughs) Sorry, I laughed. It's okay. It's bound to happen. Okay, so one the first question that I had for you, just to situate our audience, is um, what is your ethnicity? Okay, um, I am half Japanese, and then my other half, I am part English, Irish, and Scottish. But um, if you like look at me, you can't really tell, I guess, because I, I do have like a lighter skin tone, and I don't look stereotypically Asian, so... When people find that out, they're just usually very shocked and surprised. So what are some of the guesses that you've gotten? Uh, I've gotten some really interesting ones. One of the more common ones I get is I'm always asked if I'm a really white Latina, which I don't really see, but that's the most popular guess that people have for me. Uh, What else have I gotten? Someone asked me if I was Jewish. I didn't know if you could look Jewish. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. That was exciting. <laughs> okay. Um, what else have I gotten? I've gotten Filipina or part Filipina. I've gotten Italian, Greek, some really random ones. Yeah, it's wow. never correct. You're a mystery. <laughs> I, I suppose. <laughs> have you had any misadventures <laughs> concerning, like, people being confused about like what kind of ethnicity you were oh definitely um i know well i don't remember this because i was a baby but um my mom i think she was just like pushing me around in a stroller and um well she's japanese and she looks japanese but when i was a baby i did i did look more white as well but um people would like come up to her and like act really surprised like oh are you babysitting or something like that and it was always just like no this is my child (laughs) i swear so that's always interesting um growing up i never really thought about being mixed like it was always just very natural because i don't have any white family so i grew up with my japanese family and in my japanese family all of us are mixed like none of my aunts or uncles married someone who's japanese so we're all we all look like this ragtag bunch together and it's normal for us but um for other people who see us like i can understand why they'd be a little confused so with that mindset when i came to like 
elementary, middle school, it was very, I didn't really think about it because it was, I was like, oh yeah, mixed. Like I didn't really, it was never like different for me. But once I got to like middle school, those were just like the awkward years and kids are just very curious, I guess. And that's when a lot of people started asking me like, what the heck are you? Like, what? And they just, and I would always be really confused. Like, I, I don't know what to say. And there was this one time, I remember, I was just sitting in class and there's like, this very scary looking like Chola girl. Is this offensive? I don't know. But she like, she kind of scared me. She was very like, very intense. And um, yeah, and she just came up to me once. She's like, are you Mexican? And I didn't know how to respond. I was like, what? I was this quiet little seventh grader and it was just very awkward for me. And that was one of the first times where I was like, oh shoot, um, I guess I'm a little different. Yeah, so that happened. I'm trying to think. Did you have an identity crisis ever? Um, I feel like, yeah, once, once it became more prevalent with like peers, I started like, yeah, feeling a little more out of place and um, a lot of people would just joke about it like oh you're not really Asian you're like joking with us and I'd usually just kind of like brushed off like haha yeah but it, it kind of got to me sometimes you know like having the discrepancy between what you look like and what you actually are and um, just having people constantly like question that and tell you like try to speak identity into you yeah so I still struggle with it but I'm trying to take it with a good sense of humor now <laughs> but yeah it, it's been like where I grew up um, there's diversity but it's very segregated I suppose all like my high school like usually the same race would like hang out with each other so I never really knew like, where to go or um, there's like parts of my town that are a little more um, I don't know how to put this but there's just like more white people that aren't exactly understanding I guess or as understanding of race and sometimes we get stares as a family because we're not all the same but um as you grow up with that I guess you just it's sad but you get used to it more and um just I don't know it's made me appreciate culture a lot more I like having two different cultures I think it's fun like I, I like eating all kinds of different foods I eat foods that I'm like I, I just love food and there's that's a big thing about it so <laughs> I'm just learning to embrace it a lot more and just just brush off the haters I guess <laughs> if I hang out with a larger group of like Asian friends they'll act very surprised if I like have any knowledge of all like at all of like Japanese culture or something they're like what I thought you were just this white girl who was hanging out with us and I'm like I actually know things yes so that's always fun I've been told like I'm like when I hang out with my friends like oh you're my most diverse friend like so thank you so much for being here I'm like you are welcome but yeah like I guess it, it is different like since I do look more white like I don't know if there's like a st stereotype I guess of like if they would they wouldn't like treat me like I don't know how I don't know how you could treat someone like you know more white way but um, I think it's more just like they're very like surprised I guess if I don't act as white as I look <laughs> wait that's not, well, this is gonna sound really racist <laughs> um, let me think I don't know yeah yeah like or they act like they're like oh wow you can use chopsticks like yes I've I've grown up with these actually or like yeah so that's but it's never been anything like ex extremely racist at the way uh -huh. they treat me so and I think that is because it's like if I don't know if there's like a stereotype 
to treat white people, I guess. So I think that kind of yeah. adds to it, my conundrum. When I was applying to college, they would be like, oh, so what are you going to put down? What do you think you'll get in a bit more if you put down white or like Asian, you know, like, I mean, either way, I guess it doesn't, it's not going to help you. I was like, oh, well, thanks guys. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's that too. Like, were you, I don't know. That, that's actually how like, because I'm involved in mixed club here at UCI and, um, that's actually how it started was because a lot of the forms for college and stuff like that, they didn't have like a box for mixed people and we'd be like, hey, I don't want to choose one, I'm both. I remember like, I remember I was like little and like filling out those forms and stuff and I would always ask my teachers, I'd be like, hey, what do I do? And they're like, I honestly have no idea, just pick one. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was, yeah, like trying to like, it's kind of sad where we have to think about race that way we're like having to f like be a chameleon and just act more like one in order to i don't know never mind i don't know where i'm going with this like just <laughs> to to pass off as one like you have to choose one yeah one. like the i think i wish in our like society like i know america is pretty diverse but i don't know if we're at the point where um you can just embrace being not being able to fit in a box like I was talking with one of my friends because he's mixed too and he said that um when you have fit into a box your entire life you really can't understand what it feels like for someone to not fit so neatly into something or why that can be so strange and um uncomfortable sometimes so yeah it's been it's interesting being mixed interesting perspective I guess that was Joy Shropshire in our conversation about mixed race. Again, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. I'm Angela Gao, and this is the final episode of Convos at the Counter. Our next guest on Culture Shock is actually in a different country right now. Or, or she might be on the plane, I'm not sure. She joins us from overseas via Skype. Please welcome Grace Kim. Okay, well, hi. I'm Grace Kim, one of thousands of other Grace Kims. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, I'm Grace, and I'm a fourth year um, in psychology doing a semester study abroad at England. And honestly, it's like a semester-long vacation for me, so excuse me if I start sounding dumb. It's because my brain is still on vacation mode. I'm currently studying at the University of Leeds, which is in West Yorkshire, which is kind of up in northern England, sort of between Edinburgh and London. Yorkshire has a lot of natural countryside. Um, for example, just 20, just a 20 minutes drive north of here, I'll get to a place called Omcliffe Crag, which is this um, like hill surrounded by fields of farm and forest. And it's just like this giant pile of rocks sitting in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and okay, to be honest, the view there is really fantastic because it's just acres and acres of natural landscape, just untouched landscape. And as I was driving up there, I felt like everything that was passing through the window was like a painting. And it's funny because Leeds is considered a pretty big city around this Yorkshire area. But then to me, it's kind of a small city because I'm used to LA and Fullerton and Irvine. I mean, Fullerton and Irvine are pretty suburban as it is, but then... Bigger than Leeds. Yeah. Um, 
Although one nice thing about Leeds is that everything's really, or just England in general, is that most city centers are closely packed together, so you can literally walk anywhere you want, which is fantastic and great for your health. A lot of it has to do with, you know, race, nationality, all that stuff. Uh-huh. For instance, back in SoCal, if you say you're Korean, no one ever asks if you're from South or North because most people are well aware of the fact that if you're Korean and you're in the States, you're probably South because if you were North, you probably wouldn't even be able to make it out of the country. Right. However, in England, maybe not so much London because it's more uh, multicultural and more... It's just a bigger city, but um, up here where the cities are smaller and there's less, you know, it's just less multicultural. People just haven't had much interaction with Asian people. There's a lot of um, Chinese foreign exchange students, but not so many Koreans. I mean, there's literally a two-digit number of Korean students here at the University of Leeds. And so a lot of people, when they would ask, oh, you're Korean, they would then ask, are you North or South? And I was like, what? I'm just sitting there like, are you really asking me this? Like, isn't it obvious that I would be South? Because, you know, it's kind of obvious that North Koreans don't get out much. <laughs> That's an understatement. And it's a little. This is all to myself, though. I, I would never say this out loud. Or would I? Anyways. <laughs> and then um, a lot of people had the idea that Korea is like the current first world economic powerhouse that it is. Some people are still in there the... They still think Korea is a small, underdeveloped country, and a lot of people just didn't know about Korea in general. That was a huge shock. I mean, I mean, UCI has a ton of Koreans, yeah. or just Southern California in general has a ton of Koreans. And so, yeah, um, well, first having grown up in Korea, and then having grown up in SoCal, still surrounded by Koreans, I never really expected to have that, have like my South Koreanness called into question. I mean. I always took it as like a given fact that people would know, oh, you're Korean. Okay, you're South Korean. (laughs) So how did you respond to the people who asked you that? At first I was kind of irritated because I was still like in my SoCal mindset that like, of course I'm South Korean. But then um, if you really think about it, that's kind of a natural reaction because of course they would ask if I'm from South or North if they haven't interacted with many Koreans and no one's ever told them before. So, yeah, I just kind of had to like suck it up and explain nicely and I'll contain myself and explain nicely that I'm South Korean and, you know, explain a little about South and North Korea if they are curious and ask. Um, and I've actually like had a lot of conversations about the situation in North Korea because people would ask my opinions on the situation as a Korean. And so, I don't know, I guess in a way it actually helped me be more aware of the situation. So, yeah, I guess from that bit of culture shock, I actually gained more awareness and knowledge. So, I guess in a way, culture shock can be good because it helps you see how other people see things. And that's the show. Thanks for tuning in to the very last episode of Convos at the Counter. The show is produced by me, Angela Gao, with special thanks this week to our guests, Jennifer, Joy, and Grace, as well as to all the people that I had to bother about being on the radio for the past 10 weeks. (laughs) A very big thank you to KUCI and everyone who manages to keep this station running. And finally, a special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in so faithfully. A special announcement here. 
I guess I should tell you the reason Convos at the Counter only has a 10 episode run is I'm graduating. So, uh, yeah, woo. You, you won't really be seeing me around that much anymore, but you know what? You'll be seeing someone else around. His name's Paul Osgood, and he hates it when I announce to the world that he's a pretty cool guy, but he is. So there you go. Off the Couch with Paul Osgood is coming up. So stick around. This is KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. Do you know you'll 